Welcome to the podcast. I'm Joanna Colbert, and you're listening to The Casting Session. I decided to create this podcast out of a desire to help actors feel more confident in their auditions. This podcast is an inside look at filmmaking through the perspective of casting. In these interviews, I'm going to provide you with in-depth, enlightening, fun conversations with the industry's top casting directors, actors, directors, and producers. We're going to cover a range of topics like the audition process and the role casting plays in the collaboration with directors and the overall craft of casting. Basically, we're giving you a behind the scenes look into the casting process. So without further ado, I bring you the casting session. I am so thrilled to introduce Rich Mento today. Rich and I are dear friends and we're casting partners and have been through the trenches together in so many ways on so many projects, including the Wackness and Must Love Dogs and the Step Up franchise and so, so many more. I'm absolutely thrilled that you will be able to hear some insights from Rich because he has so much experience in both film and television and as a senior official at the Casting Society of America and theater background and so much more. So welcome, Rich. Thank you for having me. I'm very <laughs> excited for a podcast. I think this is my second podcast ever. Really? Yes. You know me. I'm very press shy. And he's press shy. So we're triply, quadruply excited to have you. Very excited to be here. One of the things I've been thinking about a lot through the years is what is the audition? And I'm starting to understand that it sort of has a delicate life of its own. And I wanted you to talk about your thoughts on that. Um, I mean, for me, one of the bigger things that I like to talk about when giving an opportunity to do so is sort of the difference between acting and auditioning. It's a Venn diagram. And it definitely overlaps in places, but auditioning is a skill and you can get better at it. And some people are naturally better and some people work toward being better, but it's a completely different opportunity than a job. And so trying to enjoy the fact that it's an opportunity to act. And actually this came up yesterday in a conversation I was having. The prevalence of self-taping outside of this current health crisis People do a lot of self-taping for a lot of reasons. It allows us to widen the net. It allows us to read people who aren't physically where we are. It allows us to see more people. You know, I did an entire film self-tape because they couldn't afford an office for me. And I really wanted to work with that director. And I said, okay, I'll do it. But all of the auditions will be on self-tape. And trying to talk with actors about how much freedom and how liberating I think self-taping should be for them, as opposed to I never get in the room with the casting director. I can't believe I have to go and self-tape again. It should be an exciting, creative opportunity rather than looking at the negatives. Yeah. And I love what you said about a Venn diagram because it's true, because I'm trying to put it in this place. I'm saying, as you just laid out, you know, it's different from acting, but it's acting. I just recently came up with this quote, which is coming to an audition with a full performance and props and wardrobe is like coming to a first date with a ring and a tuxedo. I like that. 
you know, it just dawned on me that we really don't want a full performance. So how do we explain that to the actor without confusing them? I think you talk about, or one can talk about over-rehearsing, being rigid in one's choices. You know, finding a level of familiarity with the material should be one of the goals, but still leaving yourself some ability to play. And again, enjoying any opportunity to act. Yeah, so writers can write all day and bodybuilders can lift weights all day, but actors can't just sit around and act all day necessarily. So an audition is a chance for them to work their muscles. Definitely. And I think being familiar enough with the material to listen if you're given direction, to make adjustments. I tell this story often, and I think, I won't say what the movie was, because I think it is a movie we did together. I was in the room, and it was me and an assistant, and we were putting someone on tape, and an actress came in, very well known, and she did the entire audition to the wall. And I said, you know, she finished. And I said, thank you. I have to ask, why did you make that decision? And she said, well, you know, on set, I wouldn't be facing the person who I'm interacting with and I'd be looking away. So I chose, I was like, give it, you don't have the job. The camera is here. There's one camera in the room. On set on the day, there'd be a camera looking at you. Like, we don't have any of that. And I was like, The director is on set on another movie watching auditions on his iPhone and he can't see your eyes because you're completely in profile. Mm. Asked her to do it again. She couldn't. Had to have her come back because she was so entrenched in not looking, not interacting, not being present with the other person because that's what the character would do that she completely lost the fact that she's trying to get the job. I use that example all the time. Like she she's she's a good actress she works a lot she's a big star in some worlds but she couldn't adjust what she had practiced to even have a conversation like this so actors it doesn't serve you to be very rigid as rich said with your choices there has to be a fluidity if you will to it and an agility because you need that agility on set as well. Because you never know. It could rain on your day. You could have a cover set. You could be thrown a, a new script. Yeah, most definitely. I think I would always prefer solid, thought-out, wrong choices than sort of a tepid approach. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to what I was saying about self-taping. I love self-taping for what I do. And I, I understand why some actors don't necessarily love it. But even if you get a job... That self-tape is the only time you are 100% completely in charge of that performance. You're in charge of the camera, the lighting, the sound, your acting choices, who you're reading with. You're completely in charge. If you get a film job and you're on set, you are not in charge of that performance. Depending on who the director is, like there's lighting and sound and camera setup and angles. You could be completely cut out. You know, it's a, it's a sliding scale of how much a film actor is in charge of his or her performance. But an audition on self-tape is completely the actor. And I think that's exciting. Some actors tend to take the more negative, I never meet the casting director, I never run in the room, I have to self-tape again, I can't believe I had to go buy a lighting setup. I prefer to think of it as a fun, creative opportunity because you're never going to be in charge again. That's great. That's really great. I think actors get anxious. We know they do. Absolutely. 
right? They have a lot of anxiety and stress, rightly so. It's not a very comfortable situation. Casting directors do our best to make it comfortable, but there are reasons why it's not always an ideal situation for an actor. So we understand you're stressed, but one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is to sort of help you relieve some of that stress by understanding what we're thinking and doing in that small room. I would almost say, and it seems self-explanatory, but it isn't always, like take it back to basics. Like in a first audition, in a pre-read, whatever you want to call it, you know, the casting director, if this person is new to you, this is the first time you're auditioning, the casting director just wants to know if you can act. And so you're immediately act, can act. Then it's understands the role, doesn't understand the role. Then it's right for the role, not right for the role. Then it could get closer with some direction. It's probably the best we're going to get. You know, is what the creative team's looking for, is what's on the page, is an interesting, like there's so many things after that, but the goal should be to get to the next step. And I think the next step in the process most likely is not the set. Sometimes it is. Sometimes there's one audition and you're hired or not hired. But for most casting processes, there'll be some version of a callback or a meeting. And the goal is to get to that. I see. So reduce the expectation. Again, back to the marriage analogy. You don't need to get married on that first date. You just want to have a great time. Be yourself. Yeah. And show why you should be asked on another date. I know for actors, sometimes it feels that you're self-taping and just sort of throwing things out into the ether and nothing happens and you don't hear anything. But, you know, most casting directors, if we ask for something, we'll watch it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm constantly asked, do you watch self-tapes? Do you watch everything that comes in? And my response is, I watch a part of everything I ask for. Yeah. It is your job as the actor to force me to watch the rest. (laughs) And also, we have the little notation system where we remember that actor for something else. Exactly. Or for our entire careers, we bring them in. Constantly trying. But it becomes, you know, it's... It's your job as the actor to, you know, rivet me, make me watch the rest of that audition because there's probably 300 or 400 or 20 or 2,000 other tapes to watch. And one of the ways you can rivet us is by being yourself, showing us your essence, understanding the material, and giving us a sense of who that character is. Yeah. Back to basics. And now, look, if the casting director and you as an actor have a relationship, then obviously they know that you can act or they wouldn't continue to bring you in. Right. And so it's, it's a slightly different metric. But I think for most actors going after things, going and trying to either in the room or self-taping, you just want to prove that you can act and that you can take direction. You know, if you're in the room and you're given a piece of direction, do it. Know how to do it. Have the skills. Understand what that actually means. I worked on a project once, um, the producers gave me an intern who had no casting experience whatsoever as an assistant. We're trying to find the antagonist for this sort of this movie. And after a couple of days, she looked at me and she was, you know, she has, she majored in creative writing and she wanted to be a screenwriter. They threw her at me and she looked at me, she goes, is it just me or are people just, just reading the lines? I don't, I'm like, they are, they don't have any idea how to act. They're not making any choices. They're just tepidly speaking lines at me. And I thought it was pretty perceptive of her because mm-hmm. they just didn't make any choices. Yeah. So making a choice is important, but it's 
understand the material yeah. and without being too fixed or hammering away at it. Yeah, and I think the other piece of, or there's many pieces, but another piece of the conversation that I always try to hit upon is that most actors feel a very antagonistic relationship with casting directors. Right. Not that they're trying to out to get me, but this casting director doesn't like me, this casting director, I never get a call back. And I have to say, like, Joanna and I and the casting directors, we're hired for our experience, for our taste, for our ingenuity, for our relationships. If we go through an entire casting session and no one's good, we're going to get fired. <laughs> so we, we want actors to do well. We are on their side. If you're in the room, if you're being asked to audition, especially here in Los Angeles, there are thousands of other people that look similar to you, that have similar experience that we can be calling in and we're choosing to read you. It's the Vidal Sassoon philosophy of casting. Mm. If you don't look good, we don't look good. <laughs> and so I want actors to, to come in to do their best, to feel safe, to feel comfortable, to be able to play, to put their best foot forward, because I want you to do your best. I want you to be supported because I want to cast the role. <laughs> So I can move on to another role or another project or give you a job or any number of reasons. But I don't do well in my career if actors don't do well in their auditions. So something else you can remember to reduce your stress is that we want you to do well and that we are wishing you the best. Absolutely. And that if you're being asked to audition a first time or for the 50th time for a casting director, he or she sees something in you that they think could be right. And yeah, I know it sucks to not get jobs, but casting directors audition for jobs too, and we don't get them sometimes. So yes, we do. And that's a whole other podcast. A whole other podcast. <laughs> but yeah, it's a bit of a partnership. We want the actors to do well, both because most of us like actors and like that art and like the craft that is involved in acting, but also from a practical standpoint. You know, if I read 500 actors and none of them get the job, I got to read another 500 actors. I want good actors. I want people to work and get jobs. Right. Well, that is fantastic. There is another part of this podcast where I ask who I'm interviewing what their morning coffee or tea ritual is. Um, oh, black coffee. There's the coffee pot right there. Josh, my partner, tends to wake up before me, so it's made by the time I get up. So you wake up and you, and you have the coffee pot there and you drink the black coffee. Yes. And then I get on the computer. I probably sit down at my desk. It's part of the downside of working from home is that you kind of can always be working, and so there's not a whole lot of boundaries. But, yeah, you're kind of always sort of working. But, you know, read the news, read the trades. And will you need, when you're actively casting, doing casting sessions, will you need more coffee? Probably. It depends on how the session's going. You know, I, I read myself. I don't really ever hire a reader. So there's got to be some water. Hydrating is important. Speaking of the new world of casting, handshaking. Never again, I guess, huh? That never really bothered me. The perfume and cologne... You know, when you're, when you're done with a casting session and you smell like 45 different people, it's really strange. Oh, yes. This is such a good point. Actors, please do not wear cologne. <laughs> Some people have a morning ritual and face creams and whatever, and I do too. But just 
slightly. Keep in mind, you're going to be sitting in a waiting room. You're going to be in small spaces. Like I know casting directors who put up signs, if you're wearing perfume or cologne, you will not be auditioning today. I'm not quite that, but I, but I understand why. I'm just, I'm actually, I'm actually not that sensitive to it, but if it's person after person after person for hours at a time, even someone who's not sensitive, you just start going, Bleh. Another thing that we want actors to understand is that we've just had hours and hours and hours collaborating with the director and knowing what they want. So that's another thing you can trust us on, is not only we're on your side, uh, not only we are skilled at seeing what we need to see, but we know exactly what the director's looking for. And I don't think a lot of actors really understand that type of intense collaboration that we've just had, you know, 12 weeks, or whatever, before yeah. they've even come in, or five weeks or two weeks before they've come in. Yeah, we have, we have a sense, we have a much better sense sometimes than the directors themselves of how the material is working or not working and, you know, what people are responding to. After a couple of casting sessions, you get a sense of what direction the character is going to go in. And yes, people can always come and surprise you. But when you're given direction by a casting director, it's not just out of nowhere. It's in an effort for you to do better. Right. I mean, Rich and I have done projects where the director will sit and give us like 100 adjectives for each character. And that's our job is to serve his or her vision. There's a bigger picture to all of this that it's actors might be helpful for actors to understand. It's not just your little audition. It's serving the entire canvas. That's something that I think a casting director brings to the table that even people other than actors don't understand, is trying to keep the bigger picture of the tone of the movie, the types of people, the world of the movie. You know, that's one of the skills that's part of the craft of casting. You know, there's a number of production companies here in Hollywood that choose not to use casting directors. But you can look at their cast and go, these people don't even know each other. Like, this makes no sense whatsoever. On the screen, it doesn't make sense. On paper, it doesn't make sense. The only thing that makes sense is that they're all stars of television shows, but that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And so keeping the bigger picture in mind is something that we do. There's an alchemy. It's like, well, yeah, you might fit every box on what I'm looking for, but if there's no chemistry, if there's no alchemy that fits the exact purpose of this film, we are not going to cast you. If you don't have the chemistry, you might be Meryl Streep, but if you don't have the right chemistry with the other person, we can't cast you. Another casting story that I tend to tell is Joanna and I were casting this film and we saw hundreds and hundreds of girls. And, you know, we ended with five or six that were great. Um, some of them have been Academy Award nominated. They're all stars of movies now. And we could have made any version of that film with this, with one of those actresses in the lead. We were waiting for one actress to come back from shooting another film. And she finally came back and she came in and she did the audition and she made a joke out of it. And we all went, oh, we didn't even know that's what we were waiting for. And so part of the conversation is, you know, actors make choices, know your craft and do what you think you can do because we don't know everything either. Right. Right. And sometimes, you know, sometimes we get surprised. Like, that was a great choice. Yeah. And, like, Chris Pratt came in with a cast on his wrist that was real, 
but somehow watching the character do the scenes with a cast on made it so much funnier that we gave that character a cast in the film. Yeah. So we're all just trying to do our job. And it's a creative process and there are beautiful surprises. We just want you to trust and allow those surprises to come through. Well, with that, I will say thank you so much. That was incredibly informative. You would always look at things in a way that I just couldn't really see and bring, you know, sort of like highlight something that I didn't even realize was there. And I really felt you, you know, did that again today. It was great. Fantastic. I love it. And to my audience, thank you for listening today. I hope you found the episode enlightening. It's really my true desire to share a unique perspective on the casting process and help you feel more confident and inspired. The podcast is available on Anchor and Spotify. For new episode updates, you can follow the show on Instagram at The Casting Session. Please feel free to share this with your friends and write a review. And tune in next week for more behind-the-scenes gold. I'm Joanna Colbert, and I'll see you at the next casting session.